Chicago Bulls president Arturis Karnasova was recently on 670 The Score. And one of the things he said when he was on there being interviewed was that the open point guard position was going to come down to Kobe White, Javon Carter, and Io DeSumo. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we're going to talk about why not only the starting lineup, but the closing lineup is hugely important for the Chicago Bulls season. We're going to get into that, plus the mailbag, right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And I want to talk uh, and use as a jumping point the interview that our church Karnasova had when he was on 670 The Score. We talked about Mark Everly's comments, uh, specifically about the team not feeling like a team at some points last season. But Arturis Karnasova talked about the fact that the point guard would be an open competition between Javon Carter, Kobe White, and Io DeSumo, right? And I think that the, the key thing in, in that is, is that they still believe in Io DeSumo. They still believe in him considerably. So it looks like uh, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic are all locks to be starters, as we already know, right? And then at the power forward position, also that uh, uh, that Patrick Williams and Torrey Craig will be in the mix, and that Caruso's also still in the mix to be the starting power forward, right? So when it comes down to it, right, um, I look at all the players that have been mentioned there as as going to be players that log consistently over double-digit minutes per game, right? When everybody except Io DeSumo, he's, he's one that, you know, depending on how he comes into training camp and kind of the role that he ends up carving out for himself, it, that may be what determines the role that Io DeSumo has for this team. Now, keep in mind, Io DeSumo is a defensive beast, if nothing else, and he's not going to go quietly into the night at all. But with that being said, we are loaded at the guard position, which we already know, right? Javon Carter, Kobe White, uh, Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, and uh, and um, Io DeSumo, all guards that are going to be lo- logging minutes for the for the Bulls. So, uh, you know, and even with the versatility that you can play some of those players at, we know that Levine has, lo- has, has uh, in some lineups, been the small forward. Uh, Alex Caruso, as well, has been played forward as well to make sure he can get on the court. Those guys are going to get in the court. And then when you look at the, the forward and big man position, right, Patrick Williams, Nikola Vucevic, uh, Torrey Craig, and some Andre Drummond in there as well, that's your nine guys. You add in Io DeSumo to that, that is your 10-player 10, 10 rotation for the most part that Billy Donovan goes. Now, that 10th player typically does not play consistent or heavy minutes night in and night out, but, but uh, uh, Io DeSumo is going to have a chance to be part of that 10-man rotation. I do think that Julian Phillips, Dale and Terry, they could try to push for some of that as well. But when it comes down to it, the 10-man rotation right now that the Bulls are probably going to rely on heavily, Javon Carter, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Nikola Vucevic, Alice Caruso, Kobe White, Torrey Craig, Io DeSumo, Andre Drummond. That is for the most part going to be your 10-man rotation that Billy Donovan typically goes to. He doesn't go further than 10 deep into his roster, right? Not consistently. On some specialty lineups, some specialty matchups where he just needs a certain ump. He may go to certain other other places. But that, for the most part, is going to be the players that we see log probably the most amount of minutes. And even those, one of those guys is not going to get minutes consistently. So with that said, you know, who finishes the Chicago Bulls, right? Who is on the closing lineup? One of the things that hurt the Bulls the most last season is the fact that in clutch games, in games that were close, um, we, we lost a lot of those games. And so when you look at the Chicago Bulls with 
games that were within five points with five minutes left, which is what the NBA considers clutch, right? Uh, we were 25 and 16 in 2021 22. In 2022 and 23, we were 15 and 23 in, in those games, in clutch games. So the closing lineup is one of the most important things to find the right mix of players that can close. And here's what I'll say with that, right? And that is if a player like Patrick Williams is not bringing it consistently, Torrey Craig can absolutely pass him up in the closing lineup, right? We know that Vooch is probably going to be in there. Zach Levine's probably going to be in there. DeMar DeRozan, they're probably going to be in there as well. And so that is where you want to look at it. Kobe and Patrick Williams, two players that I look at as kind of being, you know, the 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 the, the players that you, you want to bet on their development probably the most. They are going to have to bring it, and they're going to have to bring it consistently if they're going to want to be in those closing lineups for the Chicago Bulls. And so, you know, we'll end up seeing, and that's not if somebody else can't, you know, sneak in there over the course of the season, but I do think when it comes down to it, right, the closing lineup, regardless of who starts, the closing lineup is the thing that we are that we are looking at the most importantly as the season tells its story. And so discovering that closing lineup, who brings you the best matchups in those closing lineups, who brings you the best effort on both sides of the ball, because it's not just going to be offense or just defense. It's going to be who brings the most. Alice Caruso has a chance to get in there as well, right? We know what he can bring, especially defensively, but he he, he lacks some with his shot making consistently, even with you know, uh, open three-pointers sometimes. So the closing lineup is going to be one of the things to watch the most, right, for the Chicago Bulls team. And then on top of that, Patrick Williams as well. We we talk about it every season for at least the past two seasons, probably even the past three. Is this going to be the season that, out, that Patrick Williams breaks out? And that question, I still don't think, I think we're probably a year away from that as well, but I want to see Patrick Williams take another step up. But that is another thing that we're looking for this season, right? And then also, with that being said, the Bulls' offense, how does the offense evolve now with the added three-point shooting, right? Yes, we brought in Javon Carter and Torrey Craig uh, and what they brought from uh, what they brought over their career from three-point range, I've talked about. That can help move the Bulls theoretically from being last in the league in three-point attempts to top 10 to 12 in three-point attempts. Now, that is a drastic uptick when you look at the way the Bulls play, right? And so, more so than just the added three-point shooting, to me, we have to change how we operate our offense uh, at late in games as well, but I would like to see it kind of more so throughout the game. And that with Nikola Vucevic's ability to pass, what he brings in his intelligence and always finding the right uh, open player, I would really like to see that uh, happen as well as that Nikola Vucevic get more opportunities to really have some things go off through him, right? And when you look at it, you kind of want to use Nikola Vucevic, in my opinion, a mix between Nikola Jokic, right? And Demonis Sabonis, right? You want to the way that those teams use their big men, specifically in late games, and how they use them for certain times for the offense to go through them. That's kind of more so what I would like to see from the Chicago Bulls and the evolution of this offense in the 2023-24 season. But you guys can let me know what you guys think on that down below. But it's Sunday, so you know what that means. It's no games yet, so that means that we're going to dive into the mailbag, and we're this first uh, voicemail. This one is coming from Cornelius. Hey, what's going on, King? Uh, this Cornelius, you know, uh, long time, uh, subscriber, first time caller, you know, but, um, I, I got, I got something to say about this, um, Drew Holiday. And I'm thinking as I'm speaking, you know, but, um, I don't know, like, if, if it make, if Drew Holiday make us contenders, then yeah, go ahead and make that move. But if it doesn't, then it doesn't make sense. Now, Drew Holiday do fix the timeline. He fits it. Um, but again, is that enough? You know, yeah, he brings everything, yes. But then again, Lonzo was younger. So it's like, if we bring him in, and like I said, the money is kind of weird. So it's like, I don't know, maybe if we can reconstruct the deal, 
after we make the trade, then yes, that makes more sense. But I just don't know. But then again, I am the pessimistic type with this team. I feel like we're going to make a lot of noise this year. Um, my bold statement this year is, and I got two of them, uh, I think Zach Levine is going to get the scoring title this year. And I think Patrick Williams is going to take the lead. Not the step, but the lead. Um, and be the player that I believe that he could be. And um, if that the case, then yeah, bring in Drew, you know. Um, I still want to see what we got Javon Carter, though. You know, it's something about him. This is just something about this team that, like, I feel like they're going to surprise. It's just I, I really feel something really good about this team, something great about this team. But uh, that's just me, man. Um, like I said, man, I appreciate you. Appreciate what you do, King. You know, have a blessed day. All right, shout out to Cornelius for leaving that voicemail. Um, I don't think that I don't think anybody thinks that Drew Holiday would make the Chicago Bulls a contender, right? Now, is there sometimes where you can make an acquisition that looks smaller that really helps that your ceiling of that of your team that much? Yeah, but I don't think that Drew Holiday makes the Bulls a contender. I definitely think that if you add a player, depending on what you have to give up for Drew Holiday, that changes the ceiling from a team that is fighting to get out of the first round to a team that's now expected to get to the second round, in my opinion, because I just think that's what he brings. Um, but I, again, as I've said, I don't think that Drew Holiday trade is happening. I don't think that it that is coming for the Chicago Bulls, and that's okay, right? Now, as far as Zach Levine winning the scoring title this year, I mean, he he more so than has the has the ability to, but more so than worried about the, a scoring title, I want to see him step up, like I've been saying in the in the most important games, in the biggest games, in the close games, right? Kind of those things that don't stand out in the stat sheet for for you, but when you watch games, you understand and know that Zach Levine's out here making big shots and having big performances against the teams that we need him to, need him to do it against the most, right? That's what I want to see from Zach Levine personally uh, this season. And you know, if he can win a scoring scoring title in that time or whatever by doing that, cool. But more importantly, I want to see the refinement of Zach Levine's game more so than kind of any individual accolades for me. I know there are some people that are definitely going to share your sentiment and. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that it's wrong to want to see that from a player that has the capability. Zach Levine has the capability to be that that, that type of player, to be a top 10 uh, player in scoring in the league and things like that. But we want to see the refinement from his game. We want to see what, what's going to get the Bulls wins and him to do the right things. He, both can be true, right? They're not mutually exclusive. So I'm not saying that for Zach Levine to do the right things in the biggest games, it means that he can't win the scoring title. No, he can do both. But I, I, I'm more so leaning towards him doing those things, the, the limiting the mistakes, the making the big shots, right? That's what I want to see a season from Zach Levine uh, and personally. But, hey, I, listen, I, I I won't knock you. If you if you want to see Zach Levine and think that he can win the scoring title, hey, I'm glad. Positivity looking at this team is, is never wrong, right? But we just we, – I want to see wins. That's what it comes down to this season. I really don't care individually what any player does this season. I care about the win. That's what I care about. I don't care if Zach Levine ends up averaging 18 points per game, but if the Chicago Bulls are winning more games than they're not. I don't, and he's making the right plays. That's all I care about. I want to see this team win. We deserve it in Chicago as Bulls fans. We deserve the Bulls to win, and let's hope that they do. All right, let's get into this next uh, voicemail. This one's from the 419. What's up, boys? This is from I want to ask you just a quick question here. I saw Ross post on Twitter about. You know, the Bulls are going after holiday time to show how serious they are. So if we assume, let's just assume we could get, you know, holiday for a package centered around, you know, in the and some drastic, and maybe Damon Terry or something. Um, if the Bulls didn't accept that solely because they didn't want to enter the luxury tax, 
Doesn't that kind of make them, you know, seem unserious to you as well? What are your thoughts on that? Are the Bulls being unwilling to go into the luxury tax, a sign that they are unserious? I wouldn't necessarily say that, right? Because one thing that we've always heard, and, and I, I get it as fans, we're going to have our critiques, our problems, or whatever with, you know, when our team do, does stuff like this. But, like, we've, they've always said they, they would willing, they're willing to pay for the luxury tax for a contending team. What does that mean? Does that mean that the team already has to be contending? Does that mean that you pay to build a contender? Right, whatever that means. Adding Drew Holiday to the Chicago Bulls, to me, does not make them a contender. And keep in mind, it's a trade. So even if we trade for Drew Holiday, we won't be going into the luxury tax, at least not the first season, because we've got to match the salary. So, you know, that, but when you look at the things like not using their dis- disabled player exception, things like that, um, and that being, you know, the Bulls didn't use that to avoid the luxury tax. Yeah, that stings a little bit. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to underline that at all. Like, it definitely sucks that this Bulls team has about they have the $10 million disabled player exception. We have a little, I think, under half or mid-level exception, and we still have our biannual exception. The Bulls have about 15 or, or more million dollars in assets they can just use to sign players that they're not going to sign because it, it it would send them into the luxury tax. That's the part that sucks more than, like, trading for a Drew Holiday or not. Like, you're not doing or using every weapon at your disposal to improve your basketball team. That's the part, especially in certain cases, right? And what I say like uh, uh, some fans look at this thing as like if the Bulls don't pay the luxury tax that means that they are never going to win I'm not saying I, I don't feel that way at all but I feel like when you have a player that has a 20 million dollar contract Alonzo Ball and you are not using your assets at that time yes it could send you into the luxury tax but to improve the team considering the, the current situation and having a dead salary that's what sucks that's what sucks more than anything because uh, I won't say every NBA team would go ahead and use it but most NBA teams would and they would pay that luxury tax to put their team in the best situation. And, you know, I know AK has done what he can and improving in the margins and things like that, but, like, it really does sit there and make me think, like, where, how differently would this Bulls offseason have been, maybe the last two offseasons, if the Bulls did have the ability to go into the luxury tax considering the situation going on with Lonzo Ball right now. But, hey, that's my thought process. You guys can let me know what you think down below. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Shay. What's up, guys? This is Shay. You know, a lot of people – even you talk about us trading for Drew Holiday, how it will happen, how it won't happen. Look, I'm going to give you a reason of why it shouldn't happen. Here's the thing. Drew Holiday is going to be a free agent after this upcoming season if he opts out. Nine times out of ten, if he opts out. And let's face it for a sec. Yeah, a lot of teams could offer and trade for him, but let's, but let's take the time out to stop and just realize something. Not only will he be a free agent, not only will he opt out the next season because he don't want to be with Portland if Portland decides to keep him. But when you think about it, the Bulls could possibly make a move for him next, this upcoming offseason after this come, after this season. And on top of that, Portland is asking for uh, about two first-round picks. Man, look here. Portland better just take a pick and a player. And if we do decide to trade for him, the only thing I'm willing to give up is maybe a first-round pick and maybe Lonzo Ball's contract and maybe Carly Jones. Anything else, Portland can wait for free agency if that's the case. Because let's face it, ain't nobody giving you that much for no damn 33-year-old player, no matter how good he is on the defensive end. Now, don't get me wrong, I would love Drew Holiday on this team. I feel like he... There's enough for the Chicago Bulls, but if you really want to be frank here, we could easily wait for this upcoming free agency 
to get him because nine times out of ten, he will opt out. And when you think about it, the Lakers, Clippers, Golden State Warriors, I know for sure aren't going to trade for him because they're going to trade with Chris Paul and Portland doesn't want that. The Clippers have already made their trade. And they're not going I know for sure they're not going to do it because they fear that he might opt out. And let's face it, the Lakers are still hurt from that Russell Westbrook deal, so they don't really have enough to do it. Now, I know the Bulls probably could, but if it results to us trading away one of our players or one of our promising young guys like Patrick Williams, I would not do it just on the strength of Drew Holiday being around the same age as DeMar DeRozan. And although he is good, He's not nearly the player as Nikola Vucevic, and we didn't have to give up that much for Nikola Vucevic other than Wendell Carter. Obviously. All right, so really good insight here from Shea um, in saying that, you know, the Bulls, you know, trading up assets and things for a player that they could potentially look to sign in free agency. Now, we did get it uh, no, uh, um, a word yesterday, so this was after Shea left the voicemail, so he wouldn't, he wouldn't have had this. But Drew Holiday does want to extend his contract if he's traded to a, a contender, right? So, you know, depending on where Drew goes, right, he's probably – and I think any team, is if they're giving up the assets that Portland wants, they're going to want to see and, and explore, let, let's go ahead and get Drew Holiday locked up to an extension, right? And so it's not guaranteed that he's going to be on that free agent market. But if he is, yeah, make that shot. And that was one of the things that I said in that initial first video after the Drew Holiday news came out is that I don't see the Bulls making a trade and giving up future assets or young assets for Drew Holiday uh, for a, a player that could end up being a one-year rental. Could, it could end up being that. And, you know, you have to play that risk-reward when it comes to that. But he could absolutely opt out, much like Chris Paul did when he had, what, $40 million left on his contract. And we've seen it with other veterans. And then, you know, went, went to sign a longer-term deal that he gets paid more money over time, but he also has that security, right? So, you know, I, I do think that, the you know, the Bulls are, are evaluating that. You know, we'll see what ends up happening with Drew Holiday. But I think you, you have to play both sides of it because bringing in Drew Holiday, who is an older player, um, at that point, you'd have three out of your four main players because you're keeping Zach theoretically in a Drew Holiday deal are all over the age of 33, right? And so in Vooch, DeMar, and Drew Holiday theoretically then, so you want to maintain some young assets because guess what? Those players could fall off. At any, any time a player is over the age of 33, you risk them, their, their production declining severely at, year after year, right? So you have to worry about some of that. So, you know, if the Bulls can sign Drew Holiday, as a as a free agent, shout out to them. I would much rather do that than give up assets. What it, does that mean? We're missing out on a potential year of Drew? Yeah, it does. But we'll see what happens with that. All right, let's get into this last voicemail. This one's from Albert. What's going on, Hayes? This is Albert. My name is Albert. Like I said, I'm one of I'm one of the fans, one of the biggest Bulls fans. I might be a little bit older than you. Um, I'm a '80s baby, and I, and I watched Bulls my entire life. Um, from a little bit north where you're at, from uh. A little town called Grand Rapids, you know. But uh, anyway, I was calling in to let you know, Hayes, that I took a little bit of umbrage to something you said in the most recent podcast regarding the Drew Holiday trade. Um, you mentioned something about the who the Bulls were competing against. You mentioned that the Bulls were not pe- competing with the likes of the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I just wanted to go ahead and notate that and let you know that I don't really agree with you in that in that uh, prospect. Uh, the truth is is that I might be a little bit old school in my in my thought process, but um, I always came from the from the from the perspective is that in order to to win championships, you have to win your division first. And after you win your division, then you can move on to the next stage. Um, I I feel like the Chicago Bulls have been short sighted in, in a lot of their 
moves over the past 15 years, uh, it seems as though there's not really any any set or true values to be adhered to. But I do want to mention the fact that the Bulls do have an opportunity this year, maybe not to win the championship, but if we were to do a little bit more focusing on that gorilla or that giant up north in Milwaukee, maybe the Bulls would be able to do some damage in the Central Division. Um, I always, like I said, I always came under the influence that you win your division first. That should be your first uh, priority coming into the season. But you mentioned that the competitors that the Bulls are are going up against are teams of the of the ilk of the Miami Heat and the Toronto Raptors. Well, the Miami Heat were in the finals last year, and it seems to me that they would be on the same level, if not a little bit higher, than the Milwaukee Bucks right now. So I just wanted to mention that that point to you. And again, I appreciate your time, Hayes. Thank you for the for the opportunity to speak to you. And one other thing, I hope the Bulls just find somebody in the near future to actually compete against Giannis and not just be trying to trail and, and trying to catch the, the tailwinds. All right, thank you, Hayes. Again, my name is Albert. I'm calling from the 719. I was just letting you know that I appreciate your time. You have a good one. All right, so this is an interesting perspective. Here's what I'll say. You're still not competing. Even if you want to whittle it down to any of your division, Drew, trading for Drew Holiday or whatever happens, you're still not competing. The Bulls are not in the same stratosphere as the Milwaukee Bucks. They just aren't. They are fighting for different things. So the context of what was said was the fact of the matter is, is that there is no move that the Bulls can make realistically right now that puts them in the same level of competition for the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's rather if you want to look at it and say, win your division first or win. The, and A, it's not really like that anymore, especially with the way that the playoffs work out. You can still make the finals without winning your division easily in a lot of cases. So I think that when it comes down to that, right, you have to evaluate. It's not just you don't want to focus in on how you build your team to beat one team, right? Now, if you make it to a certain level of being a playoff team that, that can make it far in the playoffs, and then it's like, hey, we just can't get over this hump of the Milwaukee Bucks, that's when you start looking at your role players and making certain moves and acquisitions to get past that certain team. But no, you don't. You you focus first on improving your team. Then you focus on individual teams if those matchups are what you keep running up. Like, for example, the Toronto Raptors kept running up against LeBron, right? Now, they eventually get out of that after LeBron leaves the, leaves the conference and stuff. But at the end of the day, like, they, they then had the right to look at, hey, what moves do we need to make to make it past LeBron, right? And it, it changed after that. So I don't think regardless of whatever, we can talk all day about whether you want to win your division or win the title. You focus on improving your team. And so you can take umbrage with the fact that I said that the Bulls aren't competing against the Milwaukee Bucks, but it's fact. There's nothing that the Bulls can do right now in being at the same level of the Milwaukee Bucks. And even mentioning that the Miami Heat should be looked at as above the Bucks because they made it to the finals. Look at what that team lost last season. And then look at what it even took for them to make it to the finals. It took Jimmy Butler to go on a, a historic stretch, basically, in which he was just the determining factor in so much what that Miami Heat team did. But with what that team has lost, no, they don't get put above the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks at all. Above the Milwaukee Bucks, they're not even sniffing the same level. That is why they were so desperate for a Dame Lillard trade, and that is why them letting the assets and big parts of their team walk away for almost nothing is going to hurt them so bad because now they sit in a place where are they still going to be a damn good team? Yes, but they are a middle-of-the-pack team. So I get what you're getting at. I get the overall thought process in that. But like I said, the reality is, regardless of how you want to look at it, the Bulls aren't competing with the Milwaukee Bucks. They just aren't. 
The Bucks are competing for titles. The Bulls are competing to make it out the first round. That's just what it is. You guys can make, make sure you guys follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.